You can't steal second with your foot on first. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Picnic Table Sobriety Podcast. I'm Joe Calibro. I'm joined here by my good friends, Aaron Williams and Jeff Deck. How are both of you guys doing this morning? Phenomenal. I'm doing great. I actually went to a meeting this morning, unlike you two. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. That stings. I'm way more sober than both of y'all right now, so this is going to be fun. First thing smoking in the morning, Jeff's hit, Jeff hits us with the bullshit already. <laughs> hey, so this show, we're going to be talking about all things sobriety. Um, we will be talking about no topic is off limits. We will be talking about things and just relating them to um, how it impacts your recovery. And uh, we're going to get some different opinions on how each one of us feel about these topics. And uh, hopefully it's going to be fun, entertaining, and also engaging. We want to engage people in their recovery, get them to think about things a little bit differently. And um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Aaron, what are we talking about this morning? So I am Aaron, alcoholic crackhead, and we will be talking about this morning the controversy on getting into a relationship within your first year of being sober. Ooh. I know. It's pretty deep. That's a good one. I'm not a rule follower. Of course. I, I got into two relationships. Two? Two. Wow. At the same time? Mm, that's questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's, we could talk about that off air. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Okay. So, um, getting into a relationship in the first year of sobriety, or so first year of recovery, I should say, because this is all inclusive here. It's not just Alcoholics Anonymous, any 12 step program. Right. So some people believe that, you know, in the first 365 days of being sober, it's suggested not to be in a relationship, and that's to put your sobriety first. But then you got defiant alcoholics such as myself, who we get sober and we still trying to fill that void. Before I know anything about filling that void with, you know, higher power, because I haven't worked any steps yet, I try to vo- fill that void with other things such as sex, and that's where I find myself in a relationship within the first year. What look. Look, I think the the biggest thing about alcoholics and addicts in recovery is what we like to do is we like to change the way we feel. So we come here and we try to get sober and the best next feeling to us other than drugs and alcohol is having sex. So we look for that immediately. And I think it's it's the people who have been here who suggest not to get into a relationship in the first year. People like me. I don't think that we should get in a relationship in our first year. However, I was also the guy who got here and heard people tell me not to do it. And I did it. I came into this in a relationship. But then when that relationship faltered, I was in another relationship real quick. When I shouldn't have been. Sure. Well, you were married when you first came in, right? I was engaged. Oh, you were engaged. Okay. okay. However, I tried to run off with that girl in rehab. So can't forget about the girl in rehab. Nope. Texas, right? But you also had a kid, though, too. I had a kid, but I was still going to run with, off with that girl in rehab. Right, but you had a kid with the woman you were with, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah see, I don't have that experience, because when I got sober, I was, um, I was I was single, you know what I mean? So I didn't have, I mean, that's probably 
that's probably a much more difficult scenario to be in if you're getting sober and you're in like a relationship with somebody already, especially if you have like children and stuff like that. It's probably a little bit of a different. Yeah. And somebody for, like you, you were sicker than most. I mean, you, you came here from Jersey and uh, you were in a halfway house and you got kicked out of like a Christian boot camp recovery place. And it was just, well, I, hooked up, yeah. I hooked up with a girl in, uh, in rehab, you know, there we go. Then uh, now we're getting to it. Oh yeah. No rehab romance, you know, oh, yeah. we actually, the two of us got caught. We were making out behind some, you know, building in the, in the, in the place or whatever and got busted for it. Almost got kicked out for that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? Right. I'd well, only live once. Yeah. Well, who here, let's take a vote. Who thinks that you shouldn't be able, that you shouldn't get into a, uh, any kind of relationship in your first year of sobriety? I definitely think that you shouldn't. So when I got, when I get new girls, I definitely suggest not to get in a relationship mm-hmm. in your first year, you know, but then I also share my experience with them and how my sponsor walked me through it. You know, when I remember the first time I told her I was in love with uh, my roommate, I was about a week and a half sober. She said, I suggest to you two things. You don't have sex and you don't get in a relationship until you finish the steps. So not the whole year, but until I finish the steps. And of course, I didn't listen. And but I was honest about it and I kept up with my sponsor about it. And thank God for that, because it saved me when that relationship failed. So, like I said, I. I do suggest you don't do it, but at the same time, like you said, Jeff, you know, it was suggested to you, we're alcoholics. Somebody tells us to do something, we do the exact opposite. Sure. That's right. And nobody's saying that it, it it's not going to work out. I think with each alcoholic who's trying to sponsor somebody or each alcoholic who, who is trying to help the newcomer is basically doing is sharing their experience of what they've seen. Call it statistically or call it whatever you want. I've seen way more people get into a relationship in their first year of sobriety, their first couple of months of sobriety. And guess what? It doesn't work out. And one of those two people in that relationship, you never see again because they went back out. If not both. If not both. If not both. Because usually they're so in love, they take each other out. That's right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, um, like I said, I got into a relationship my first year of sobriety. Now my sponsor told me, he said, uh, he said, dude, I have no problem with you doing that. He said, just make sure your priorities are in order. And I was like, well, well like, what do you mean? Like, what, what priorities? I don't, I don't quite, like, un- quite understand that. He said, dude, you're, you're newly sober. You live in a halfway house. Okay. You have like some, you know, crap dead end job that you have. You, you have no car, no driver's license. I mean, you really have, you, know, you quite honestly, like on the surface, you have no, business being in a relationship really because you have nothing to offer anybody but uh i said you know but he said just make sure your priorities in order so your number one priority is to stay sober go to your meetings do whatever you got to do for that um also you live in a halfway house so you have priorities to your halfway house okay you have a curfew you have to be there on time uh, you have your chores that you have to do. You have your other responsibilities as far as, you know, mandatory meetings and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you have your job, too, you know. And he said, as long as your priorities are in order and then she comes after those things, that's fine. And he said, you need to have a conversation with this woman and, and, and explain that to her. Now, I don't really think... Any, you know, Aaron, Aaron, you're a, you're a woman. Okay? I don't think any, you know, and it, it could, the same could be said for guys too. I don't think anybody wants to hear that, you know, hey, uh, I like going out with you, 
but you're on the bottom of my priority <laughs> list. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but I did have that conversation and she was, you know, she was in recovery too. I mean, we met in rehab and everything like that. I think we were together for the first like, you know, nine months I was, I was sober or something like that. So, and, um, I'm sorry. But no, no. It, I mean, it was. It was I, I was so I wasn't told not to do it. I was just told, you know, go ahead, do it, have fun. But you got to have an honest conversation with this person and say, listen, this is what the deal is. You know, like we're not, you know, we're not moving in together next week. We're not, you know, all we're doing is we're going to date each other. We're going to have fun. You know, whatever happens, happens. But listen, I need to really focus on you know these few things, and then we can go out and have fun. So here's what I know in my experience, and this is just for me, right? I, I know that um, today I know that love is an action word. It's not just something I'm supposed to say. It's supposed, to, it's supposed, it's supposed to be something I do for the other person. I know that when I got here and um, I was engaged, and when most of us get here, we don't know how to love ourselves. That's what we hear. You can't love somebody else until you learn how to love yourselves. And a lot of people take offense over that. I mean, would you guys agree that that's so true? Because the what we, the pain that we put our bodies through and everything, we don't know how to love ourselves yet. And the way that we learn that is through the 12 steps. Oh, we have no idea how to be in a successful relationship. No, so, no, no, no. So when I get here and I'm engaged and I I'm, don't know how to love myself, even though I'm clean and sober for a month, two months, three months, four months, not through the steps yet. When I'm home and I'm not here at Alcoholics Anonymous, there's arguments. There's all kinds of quarrels. I don't know how to treat her. I'm still thinking of the self as Jeff. So I don't know how to be a relationship when I got sober. I didn't know how to. No wonder I got divorced there. Right. And I think getting to the solution, it's like, so you were onto something, Joe, with, you know, that your priorities. So thank God that, you know, I had my priorities straight in my first relationship and I was able to put my program first because, again, that held me. Whenever that relationship failed and I was able to stay sober and stay strong through that. But, you know, like Jeff's saying with loving ourselves, because I put those priorities first, even though I was in that relationship, I put myself and my sobriety first. So therefore I was still learning to love myself. And then now, you know, bouncing, bouncing fast forward into today. It's like, because of these 12 steps, I'm in another relationship and still two and a half years sober. And it's like, I'm still that selfish alcoholic, you know, but luckily I have somebody in the program as well that, okay, that's your alcoholism and we'll sit down, we'll talk about it, you know, but I'm still that defiant alcoholic. So I really feel like you can go either way on this topic. Yeah, you can. You know, I, something that Jeff brought up about, you know, not knowing how to even be in a relationship, you know what I mean? Um, that's something that, you know, definitely, you know, it played a part in my experience, you know, because I had no idea, you know, how to be in a successful relationship with any. No tools you know? at all. No tools at no all. No tools. But it kind of ties in with this other thing, this piece of advice I was given. So um, years ago, there was this... Uh, this, this guy that was coming around here has been sober for a really, really long time. He's passed away now, um, old man Dave. And uh, he gave me the advice because I asked him. I said, you know, hey, what's about this whole, you know, don't be in a relationship in the first year kind of thing? And he looked at me, you know, this, I mean, he was, you know, 30 years sober at the time, like, you know, 70-something years old or whatever. And he, he goes, he looks at me, he goes, Joe, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I think you should, I think you should get into a relationship. And I was like, really? Why? He said, well, he said, listen, nothing is going to get you more involved in the middle 
of Alcoholics Anonymous than being in some crazy relationship with some crazy person. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yep. um, and he was absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to treat someone else. Okay. I mean, my, my whole sort of conception of a relate of a relationship was, you know, I do whatever it is I want to do and you just need to accept that. Okay. So, you know, the way I used to live my life was, Hey honey, I'm going to go grab a pack of cigarettes at the store. I'll be back in five minutes. And then next thing you know, it's three days later and I show back up and don't ask me where I was, who I've been with, what I've been doing. Of course, it ain't none of your business. Oh no, yeah, exactly. I'm just going to do whatever it is I want to do. And I'm going to treat the person I'm with accordingly. And, um, you know, practice makes perfect. I just had, you know, I had to get into a few relationships and have them not work out. And then, um, eventually I was able to meet my, my wife. And me and her have been married for, we've been married for a few years now, but we've been together for like eight years. That's all her. Oh, and that's that's all oh, her. Believe me, all it, her. Is, it is 100% all her. We have, oh, know, we know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, we know. No, she, she's awesome. But, uh, you know, we have a couple kids together and stuff. And uh, But even her, when we first were together, you know, I still had that sort of old mentality as far as like, how do you treat a woman, you know? And I just had to learn through mostly bashing my head against the wall how to do that now here's something that goes along with this and it's a little bit different but majority of what i think we need to talk about here also is the whole dating in alcoholics anonymous you know we're talking about relationships i'm sitting here thinking i'm not talking about relationships between somebody in alcoholics anonymous and somebody who's not in this program what we're seeing here is two people in a 12-step recovery program, getting together, somebody is always going to get hurt. Oh, I got Somebody's you. always – so in my experience, my personal experience, managing River Region Rehab for a year and a half and now running the Java Club for four years, man, the stuff I have seen and the stuff I've actually done. For example, when I was managing River Region, you know, it's two stories. The guys are on the left. The girls are on the right. You, you got to break these, girl, these guys and girls up. All they want to do is have sex with, you, with each other in this building. We caught one guy hanging from the second story window, Ooh, nice. trying to scale across to the girl's window nice. about one in the morning one night. About <laughs> That's one bravery. in the morning. That, that yeah. the, but that kid had issues anyway. His name was Kevin, but he didn't want to be referred to as Kevin. He wanted to be referred to as all about Kevin. It was crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that kid hey, was where there's a will, there's a way. That sounds right? like a Jeff thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, but and, and in my experience, like I said, I got, you know, I was engaged when I got here, you know, so she wound up being the second ex-wife. And then like six months later, I I shouldn't even say that. I was swiping left and right after three months of uh, of us divorcing. So I went straight to the dating scene. Three months. I don't even think I lasted a week. Oh, man, you're better than <laughs> me. You're better than me. But, you know, I hooked up with another girl in Alcoholics Anonymous, and we got married after like a year, and then she wound up walking out the door. But the thing is, when she walked out the door, I went on a terrible spree of dating women and hooking up with women in Alcoholics Anonymous. So you're one of those guys that can walk into an AA meeting, take a look around, and you've dated half the women in the room. Ooh. I wouldn't say half, but there's always somebody around that I no. can point to. And <laughs> but the, the thing no, is – I've, I've met people like that, and they, they, they say they walk into a meeting, and they look around, and they go, oh, boy, what am I doing? Oh, man. I, her, 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 her. I went to a Sunday night uh, speaker meeting that David Kay used to run, and I took a girl there, and the, they locked the gate on us. We couldn't get out, and I looked around, and there was four girls behind me. That, yeah, and it was – Oh, and you were there with Yes, someone. yes. Yes, ah, and um, nice. I actually called a sponsee one day to come finish chairing a speaker meeting for me because there was three in the room. I mean, yeah. that's a true story. Yeah. It, but then my sponsor found out. You see, I wasn't running this by my sponsor. I'm just out of a bad marriage. 
And my sponsor said, you need to stay in that house and get right with God before you date another woman. And you let me know who you want to date. And I thank God today for that. I thank God today for that. Because what I was ultimately doing was what I said from the beginning. I was changing the way I was feeling. Right. Okay. I did, I wasn't trying to treat these girls right. And I was, I said to my sponsor, I said, I'm just having sex with them. What's the big deal? He goes, it doesn't matter when it comes to a guy and a girl. If the guy has sex with a girl and the girl even says to you, Oh, it's just sex. That girl's going to get hurt when you don't want to be with her again. And I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. If I How go, many men's came from that, Jeff? Um, pretty much. <sighs> A lot. <laughs> There's one who has blocked me on Facebook. Um, there was nothing there that uh, I don't think I really owe an amends for it because there was one who got upset. There was one who got upset, but I didn't promise anything. Okay, lucky, yeah. lucky. Yeah. My experience <laughs> that wouldn't have went down so smooth. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, uh, majority of other girls uh, we're friends. We're right. friends. I think it's because I'm just such a nice guy. What do you it's think? it's got to be because usually, like you were saying, it usually your sponsor was saying, you know, it usually ends in someone getting hurt. Um, I know in between my two relationships, I like I said, a week into it, I'm swiping left and swiping right. And I actually ended up with a girl that was not in the program off of Tinder. And um I tried that. Uh, yeah. Tinder. Yeah. There yeah. we go. I was a Tinder member. I, I, you know, I, I, I've I, actually I, never done anything like that. Good, don't. <laughs> no social dating apps or whatever, you know? And, you know, it, it went well for a few months, and um, but it actually brought me – I won't do it again. Um, It brought me – because, of course, she's not one of us, so she would drink alcohol. Her family would be at outings, and they would be drinking alcohol. And, again, thank God that I've I had at this time worked somewhat of a program and was on a good, solid foundation to where I didn't drink myself, but I put myself at risk for it, you know, and – all just, all just to be in a relationship, you know, and it goes, it brings me back to that mentality that I had before I got sober. Like, well, we're human. We have those desires. Right. But I would go to any lengths to have, to fill that void. Right. You know? And so it, it gets a little shaky there when you do it in recovery. You know, it definitely is something else. My sponsor always says is you are able to do anything you want sure. as long as you're willing to suffer the consequences of your ah, actions. Ah, There we go. I love that saying. That's exactly what I was told too. You can do anything you want as long as you're willing to accept the consequences of your actions. Yep. Because one thing my sponsor told me, uh, this was years ago, he told me, he said, you, he said, you do things without any willingness to pay the consequences for your actions. You know? Yep. Some, you know, if there's good consequences coming, yeah, sure, if I'll take those. If there's any bad consequences, I turn, I run the other way, you know? A thousand After miles. you lit the fire. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. And you just keep doing that over and over and over again, you know? There's got to be statistics somewhere that we could look up and uh, see if there's statistics on first year failed relationships and people who kind of went back out. But here, but this, uh, listen, I mean, practice makes perfect, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you come into Alcoholics Anonymous or any, you know, any 12 step program or whatever, and you have absolutely, you have a terrible track record of relationships like mm-hmm. most of us have, right? I mean, you got to learn somewhere. So that's, that's, that's where I come in as far as my opinion goes. Yeah, sure. Go Is for it. Is it worth know? it though? And I'm to, to this day, I listen, I wound up in my recovery today doing things different than I did at the beginning of my recovery because I started watching you guys and I finally admitted I needed to do what you guys were doing. The people who are happy, the people who are living right, the people who are trying to be the best versions of themselves that God wants them to be. I was doing it wrong. 
Okay. You guys told me, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. I didn't do it that way. And I caused myself a lot of pain. So today, if you're, if majority of people are saying, listen, it's a bad idea to get in a relationship in your first year. I believe that you should not get in a relationship in your first year because those people have the experience. When we come in, we don't understand that though, because we're defiant. Sure. Now, I also believe, you know, there's that old saying, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. You guys ever hear that before? Yep. So I, I kind of interpret that as, you know, if, if I'm ready and willing to do something different, you know, the teacher's going to appear, whether it's in the form of a sponsor or meeting, you know, other people that, you know, in my network or stuff like that. And they're going to tell me exactly what I need to hear. And some people do need to be told that, hey, listen, you have no business being in a, in a, in a relationship in your first year. And if that's what you're hearing from your sponsor or whoever, then yeah, you should probably listen to it. You know, I was just told something different and you know, Hey, it worked for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, now to, to switch gears for a second, cause we're running out of time. Jeff did bring up something I want to touch on co-ed halfway houses. <laughs> you talk about relationship building. There's a lot of relationship building in co-ed halfway. Oh houses. yeah. Oh yeah. That's where right. the good stuff happens. Yeah, exactly. Right. But uh, I think it's, you know, anybody out there who's listening right now, you know, if you want to send someone to a halfway house, I always recommend going to an either all female or all male halfway house. There's so 100%. much drama. It is not even funny. Well, not only that, but I mean, this whole time we've been talking about relationships in AA and it's just like you're already gonna you're already going to find that you're wanting to get in a relationship just coming to meetings and and being in these clubhouses and things of that sort not too much to add to if you're living in a co-ed house then all of a sudden you know it's free game oh yeah so you're living with guys and girls and it's like it it, it, it amplifies it by like 10 times oh yeah well, I'll end it like this on two points, okay, with co-ed halfway houses. Thank God we have a couple here who have been around for a long time here in Jacksonville, Florida. However, it's 2021 and there's halfway houses popping up everywhere. There is no reason at all there should ever be a new co-ed halfway house built. If there is, that person wants money. The end. Stay away from it. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I get it. I mean, if you want to start a halfway house or whatever, you know, there's there's co-ed facilities. No, they shouldn't do it. I, Somebody I mean, starting it should not do it, and I'll call their asses out immediately. <laughs> you tell me who it is. Immediately. Number two. I just oh, wouldn't want to live in one. I've been in co-ed facilities, and it's like, oh, my Okay, so you're God, single coming into a program of recovery. terrible. Yeah, I want to live in one if I'm single coming into a program of recovery. Because oh, that's no, the no. first thing I'm going to think about. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, when you're newly sober and you go in, like, some sort of treatment facility or halfway house, no, it is. I want there to be women there. I, I really do. I mean, I think it's great. Now, is it good for me? Absolutely not. It's terrible. Because <laughs> I want to end uh, what I want to say here with this. What my sponsor tells me all the time and I tell my guys is, listen, I can't tell you what to do. I can only suggest it. But if you go ahead and do it, don't come to me complaining about when it goes wrong. Ooh. Don't do it. Don't come back to me saying, oh, she Again, you can do nope. anything you want as long as you're willing to suffer the consequences. That's right. I'll end on that. That's Beautiful. Right. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Jeff. Um, again, my name is Joe. And thank you for listening to the Picnic Table Society. Uh, tune in again for our next episode. Appreciate it, guys. Bye.